With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Doc Wesson, and in this episode of the Gun Nation, we discuss the Milwaukee Gun Store verdict. Paul will be shooting some steel, so we'll opine a little bit about some things we've shot before that are not paper targets. Ruger's now offering the 327 Magnum in their LCR, and Average Jet reviews an FNH. 9mm long slide. All that and more in this episode of The Gun Nation. It all begins right now. I'd say we're back, but we are back this time. It's been a while. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> ruh My bad, because I've been busy and uh, kind of needing to break a little bit to a certain degree. But we've gotten a lot of emails and <clears throat> voicemails that have called in and people wanting to know what has happened to the show. Nothing's happened. We just... And yes, I'm okay. But we've had to uh, take a brief pause, mainly because Paul Carlson has a bum knee. Yeah, a little Baker cyst uh, swelling. You know, irritation of the uh, bursa. The bursa. Um, yes. <laughs> not a not a BP nine CC. Oh, um, bursa itis. <laughs> so anyway, well, as you could tell, we have Paul the Blade. We've got Mister Average Joe with us again. Um, Average Joe, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing terrific, Doc. Been a while. You you hadn't been on in longer. You've been busy with the uh, with work and. Life and all kinds busy, of stuff. Busy with work, getting the book finished. The book is... Yes, the book. I've... The book is into the publisher. It will be published uh, uh, October 29th in ebook format hmm. and then in uh, actual paper um, <laughs> book format at the end of uh, November, just in time for all of your holiday gift-giving needs. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, when you finish the book and, and you know... I'm not really ever written one. I did, I've, I've written stuff for my studies, um, but never have written one like what you're doing or Grant's done. Did you just like throw up everything and scream and yell and drink like a fifth of liquor? And No, we're waiting until we actually get a copy in our hands. Oh, I see. To, I see. To do so that. it's, we're almost there, but not there yet. So yeah. don't don't break out the cigars and champagne yet, folks. Yeah, because it's uh, 
it, it doesn't become real to you until you get it in your hand. I hear you. You know, you're always worried that something could go wrong, that the editor might actually read it and go, well, we're not going to publish this. Oh, <laughs> we don't want that. Do you have a title right now, Joe? Uh, it's called Workplace Safety, uh, Establishing uh, a uh, Violence Prevention Plan in Your Business. You know what? That whole thing, we could surround a good topic on that based on – I get a lot of questions in email, and I know probably some of you guys do too or have. And We've kind of touched on it a little bit before on the show uh, about – working and being able to conceal carry in it and stuff like that so um and how you can convince your employer <laughs> you know that it's okay for us law-abiding citizens to do so but um maybe we can kind of work that in a little bit but uh so it's going to be coming out soon that's good man that's really good i know you're happy yeah. to have that that pretty much done um i know i would uh, be Whew. yeah i i am um it took a long time it took six months for me to write the first sentence because mm-hmm. I just could not figure out how to start this book. And as yeah, you usual, know, l- let me help you out. Next time you write one, this is what you do. Here's your first sentence. I was talking to Doc Wesson the other day. <laughs> <laughs> On some other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> On some other podcast. Ah! Yeah. The the inspiration finally hit me, and it took us took me six months to uh, uh, develop that first sentence, which was only four words long. <laughs> well, so, that's an impacting sentence. So. It, is that sentence still in the book? Yes. Okay. And what was it? The sentence is: <laughs> Amanda Brown was dead. There you have it, folks. You don't have to buy it now. <laughs> well, unless you want to find out what happened. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> Poor Amanda. Wow. Awesome. Or not for her, obviously, but... Yeah. But wow. That's, like, very impactful. Workplace Safety. That's the uh, the title. And on the 29th of October... Hmm? Uh, it'll be available e-book. as an ebook. Yeah. And that would be available where? Amazon.com or on Amazon. Uh, it'll be available through Amazon. It'll be available through Barnes and Noble and, uh, Elsevier Butterworth Heinemann, uh, who is the book publisher. That sounded like a STD. (laughs) I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. (laughs) Sorry. Anywho. Well, man, y'all, y'all been busy. I've been busy. I just got back from the AUSA show, uh, which is the army show up in Washington, D.C., uh, if you follow me on Facebook, you saw that I had Guinness for lunch one day. Yeah, uh, right there on Seventh Street uh, at Fatos, and that's not Fat Fatos. That's it's an Irish pub, F A D O S, apostrophe S. But it's uh, they have a that's a great place to eat. They have a, a few of those. It's a chain that they have around the country. I think there's one in Austin and Texas and a few other places. And uh, but they have a lamb sandwich there. It's got a mm. lamb dip. You know, it's got a dip. Oh my gosh, it's something else. Especially when you have a nice stout with it. So it was it was delicious. I have to admit. So I look forward to that um, when we go to the show. So I've been busy. I apologize to everybody for not getting it out. I've got a lot in the emails. People asking if everybody's okay and what's going on and the like. But uh, it's just been. Busy time right now, and uh, uh, hopefully we'll get back in the swing of things. Uh, we're actually recording this on a Friday night, if you can believe it. We don't have lives 
So we, you know, we do podcasts for your enjoyment. <laughs> anyway, well, guys, uh, <clears throat> it's good to talk to you guys. Uh, been a while. Uh, let's uh, let's kind of get started here, uh, real quick. I I wanted to I I noticed that um, Ruger has come out. Uh, they're selling the LCR now in three twenty seven. Uh, I guess that's Federal Magnum, right? Help me out there, Joe. That is that is correct. Three twenty seven Federal Magnum, which I mean that's a good round. Obviously, it's uh, they they touted that round at one point, saying you know it's because of the speed of it. Uh, you know, it's right up there around the three fifty seven Magnum kind of thing, but you don't have the recoil because it's lighter weight and. In a revolver, you can shove more in there because of the fact that it's uh, three twenty-seven instead of the uh, uh, three fifty-seven. That that realm. Um, so it, I mean, what is what do you guys think about the three twenty-seven? Have you ever shot any of them? No, I haven't. Neither you know, have I. And I, I I've been waiting to see the SP one hundred and one that is coming out in three twenty-seven, but I haven't seen any uh, uh, hit the shelves yet. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's the expense of the cartridges. Paul, what about you? You know, it's this is always one of those things that's really difficult to, to weigh in on. Um, and it's not even just a matter of getting it in hand and shooting it. It's really an issue of how does the cartridge perform mm-hmm. in the area mm-hmm. that it's designed to perform in. And, right. uh, you know, um, revolvers are certainly a, a niche tool. Um, they They have... Their very specific place for reliability and you know pocket carry and um, for folks that are are very talented with their their firearms revolvers are great and if we can put a cartridge that's performing at the level of three fifty seven magnum but recoiling at the level of let's say thirty eight special mm-hmm. you know and, and have a higher capacity those are all good things the I guess what it comes down to for me is is how are we going to find out how well this works you know shooting a bunch of jello isn't going to really tell us the answer. Um, so I'm not really sure. I don't, I don't have, I don't have an answer and I'd, I'd be curious to find out. I'm with you know. because I don't, I've not heard. Now I know that the 327, I think is, uh, they offer that in uh, perhaps a couple of, uh, single action revolvers maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think, well, I think that the hunters were kind of interested in it. I think for hog okay. or something like okay. that, but I don't know of any, I, there's no real data on it that I can tell. Other than speed, weight, sure, instrumental right. energy, yeah. and those know. things don't really tell us anything. No, uh, you know and, it's and screaming like said, fast. Jello. It's yeah. you know it's fourteen twenty seven feet per second. Uh, you know something like that, and and so that's awesome. Except mm-hmm. for the fact that we also now know that we can achieve better bullet performance without that speed. And until we start pushing twenty two, twenty three, twenty four hundred feet per second, mm-hmm. you know rifle speeds, whew, there's not that much of a difference in no. in bullet performance. So it's all getting to be about the same. Yeah, hundred foot per second. That doesn't get me all excited. Right. Well, um, I guess they're going to be shipping them soon. So, Joe, uh, have you seen them in the shops? I mean, if anybody questioning whether they're available or? Well, we we do get we've had several customers ask about them, but we have not seen them come in, and that's because our distributors don't have them. Right. Well, we'll see, huh? I know that Ruger also, and this seems to almost sometimes be the Ruger show. We don't mean to do that. We're not getting paid by them. But they're really the only ones doing anything right now, really. I think, Paul, you were talking about it kind of being the lull. That that period is yeah. kind of flat before the SHOT Show. 
Yeah, we're going to see some announcements coming out as we get closer to Shot Show. Yeah. But right now, everybody wants to save up all that uh, that hootspuff for you know as we get closer to the show and and kind of lump everything together. And right. So it's kind of you know everybody's settling down, and uh, you know maybe there'll be some gun manufacturers that announce some guns that aren't ready for. Uh, for prime time yet, just for fun, because you know that seems to be what Remington does. But right, other than that, um, <laughs> well, but that, <laughs> you know, I know exactly what you mean. It's a little late in the year um, to be coming out with something, you know, that you'll want to introduce at shot, and that's right. why I was surprised that Sig came out with the new Legion series. Hmm. And those yes, and those true. are available. We have had several of them in, and they're selling like hotcakes. What kind of price do they get? They carry. Oh, they're just north of a grand. That's a lot of expensive hotcakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Have you, you have, have you shot one yet? Or I have not shot one because when they come in, they go out so quickly. I got you. I got you. Well, hopefully you'll be able to get one and talk to us about it. I do. I'm. I'm. So far, I can't. I, I would like to get the Legion in a P220, but they're not manufacturing. Uh, a P220 in the Legion series yet, okay. uh, but a P226 would uh, would be just fine as well. Ah, very good. Well, we'll look forward to that. Um, but as Ruger, the, you know, of course, they made the, we've announced this before, the LC9S, which is uh, the Striker Fire 9mm, the small one, um, single stack. But it, <clears throat> there, it, it appears... Which is, this is a big thing for Ruger because, you know, originally they would never, ever, ever offer something that was uh, not having some kind of thumb safety on it or something to that nature. But uh, now they're they're touting the LC9S and the way they're doing it is they're allowing you to go to the retailer. Let me just read this. So we believe this from their website that you'll be, the, uh, that you'll love the new striker fired LC9S so much that we're making it easier than ever to get your hands on a new one, especially if you're a loyal Ruger LC9 owner. Uh, just visit your local independent retailer of Ruger Firearms and negotiate your best deal. Sounds like you're trying to buy a car. <laughs> on the trade-in of our old LC9, and then purchase the new LC9S, and we will give you $100 gift certificate to shopruger.com. But, now, granted, it's not cash, but... I, the the point is they're trying to move people towards the direction of the LC9S, which is interesting. I'm wondering, what do you guys think? Why are they – I mean, obviously to generate sales, but do you think it's because they're not selling those? It, it's That's really interesting to me, Doc, because, you know, here they are. Um, they're going to be putting in their dealer's hands a large number of used firearms, mm-hmm. um, which – depending on on how they work that out you know maybe something that the uh the firearms dealers have uh kind of a conflict on how to deal with you know a lot of shops don't want to have a a used gun sitting down the counter from the new gun that's just you know 50 or 75 or 100 dollars less cuz why would someone spend a little bit less and get something that's already been used right uh, not to I, mention the fact that like you say I wonder about these the shop owners uh, are they right. they in on the gig <laughs> No, well, I'm sure. I'm sure that there's some kind of compensation going on, and I wonder if Ruger's, you know, going to take these guns back out and then, you know, distribute them out to, you know, online retailers. Who knows what'll happen with them? Um, I, I think it's awesome. I mean, what I what I like the most is the fact that Ruger's come around on this. Mm-hmm. They're they're not only realizing that, you know, double action firearms and and 
uh, striker-fired firearms are not only okay without a thumb safety, but they may be the desirable model for a lot of people. Right. And I'm happy to, to see that they're at least acknowledging and giving people the opportunity or the choice. Yeah, absolutely. That's very interesting. Well, to answer one of the things you said, Paul, um, we did not know about it until it was announced by Ruger. We had hmm. no prior right. warning on it. And <laughs> that was a concern about how many of these are going to be coming in. Uh, because not only do you not want to have a used one sitting, uh, you know, in a, in a case next to the others at, uh, you know, $100 less, you don't want a dozen of them. Right. Um, and what I can tell you from our perspective is uh, we've not had one come in. How many How many of the well, um, LC9s have gone out at your shop, Joe? Not the, not the Pro Series, not the uh, you know, right. Safety List Series, but the originals. Were that, was that a hot seller for you? Now, LC9S, so we're talking about the Striker Fired. Right. Um, for people who wanted that style of pistol, yes, it was because the trigger pull on it was just phenomenally better than the hammer fired version. Right. Hmm. Okay. So the potential is that, that you could see a lot of them come in. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Let me remember here. The pro model is that's the one with the trigger safety with that, not with the hammer. I mean the thumb safety. Then there was the striker fire, which is LC nine S not the pro model, but the S. Yeah, the pro model did not have the Thumb safety. external safety. Right, yes. okay. What they're doing no. is just moving everybody towards the striker fire one versus the hammer fire one. I wonder, so it doesn't include the pro series for the trade-in, I wonder. No. Just the S series, uh, the LC9S. Uh, yeah. I'm and, so and confused. I, I know it's burning my brain, and and I think probably what the motivation is is I was imag I, I imagine they're getting a lot of heat from people who bought the hammer fired model, uh -huh. and now you know the striker fired model has come out and it's so much better, and mm -hmm. they feel a little gypped because they jumped on the bandwagon um, when the hammer fired oh. versions first came out. Okay. Makes sense. So then, in a sense, what they want to do is make amends with customers that may be disappointed that they got in early. Yeah. And let's let's keep those folks happy. Yeah. Now and we're talking about Ruger. <laughs> yeah. Well, not uh, Remington. Not the other R. <laughs> oh, sorry. That was awesome. Speaking of which, mm. uh, you know, Remington is now introducing. I think it's like the eleven fourteen. Yeah. Um, the uh, what is it? The R three eighty micro pistol. Yeah, the RM three. RM, excuse me. Yes, RM three. Remington micro three eighty. Micro three eighty. It's coming out, and uh, and and does the Pelican case come with the little micro three eighty? Yeah, they're actually just shipping the magazines out now. <laughs> <laughs> does the Pelican case yes. case come in the flat Pelican dark? Pelican case, flat yeah. dark earth, flat please. dark earth, like Hitler wanted in that video. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> if you hadn't seen that going that around, that was great. funny. That was fabulous. That was great. But so, um, you know, that's interesting. It's Of course, they bought, help me say it right, Rohrbach. 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 Yeah. And um, they're obviously going to take that. Uh, now, 
somebody help me here. That pistol, did it shoot particularly well? The roar ball? Um, was it uh, reliable? It, it shot accurately enough. You know, if you're looking right. for a target, if, you, if you're looking for something that shoots, let's say, as well as a Glock 19, right. no. Um, and of course, this, a, well, the original, the roar bar is nine, right? Originally, yes. Yeah. And so, and for some reason, they decided to bring it out in 380. Mm-hmm. And obviously, make it of cheaper parts historically, as we've seen here. <laughs> well, oh, and, Remington is, yeah, because yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, they're going, they're they're doing away with the uh, the full metal gun that Rohrbach originally produced, yes. and and now they're going with you know the hybrid polymer right instruction. Yep, you're going to say something, Paul. Well, it's just uh, you know it was a fairly unremarkable gun in its original incarnation yes. and and not terribly reliable right. which you know when we look at small nine millimeter pistols the angles are tough they're hard to make reliable so you know i'll give them that much um maybe it'll be more reliable in the 380 i guess what gets me i spent some time talking with richard johnson today of uh gun holsters and gear and uh you know his question was well gosh didn't they already launch this pistol you know yeah. didn't we already did yeah. we already see this at NRA and so now it's being announced that it's being launched again when it was already supposed to ship maybe they nobody bought any <laughs> they, or they didn't ship any Could right be. yeah um it it says that they're launching the new RM380 what happened to the old one well, right. You know, is there a major change that underwent before they shipped? You know, maybe they did this one step better than they did some other project. I don't remember what it's called, but um, <laughs> yeah. So would that, the would Pelican that be project, the, the Operation R-51. Pelican case, <laughs> the Remington disaster, I believe, yeah. is the uh, moniker in the industry these days. Mm-hmm. The Remington Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they're reintroducing it. I guess you know. Yeah. Another new grand opening, so to speak. Uh, I, I hope it's a successful introduction. I hope the gun is reliable. Oh, me too. I hope it's it's accurate. Um, I'm not a huge 380 fan. Yeah. Um, so I don't have a huge amount of interest in it. But uh, I guess I have an interest in it from the standpoint of let's see what Remington does on their next foray into the uh, into the gun world. Exactly. That's the point. Is you know, no matter what it was coming out, it's like what's it going to do. You know, what are they doing? Is it, have they just jumped into it again? Or how is this one going to work out? Because you would think at this point, well, first off, you would think that they would get the R51 debacle straight. That would be. I think they be, can, though, Doc. I, I, I mean, point, I really yeah. am starting to believe that there there is not a, a solution um, to the Remington R51 situation. I, I don't believe that the action is going to function in 9mm. Uh, the pressures are too high. It, it it looks to me that it's firing out of battery. And, you know, I, I'm wondering, you know, one of the comments I made today in talking about this was, man, I wonder if they're going to just introduce the R51 and 380. They could. In a caliber that it could handle. Yeah, that might be, of course, you know, make, it's a little big for that, wouldn't you think? Like, I mean, well, based on... You know, there's, people like full-size 380s. You know, Glock's had a full-size 380 for quite some time, right? Yeah. Right. And it would be no. It would be about the size of the Bursa Thunderer, which is very popular. Yeah, in some that's circles. true. Okay, well, there you go, folks. Uh, listen to what we're saying and do it. Make it so. <laughs> well, the, still for me, one of the big problems with the uh, R51, regardless of ca- uh, caliber, mm-hmm. is the pain in the neck it was to disassemble and reassemble. Right. You know, you needed you need a third hand. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think part of that. I, I remember the first time that I took apart a 1911, and I needed a third hand. And I, I remember the first time I took apart a, a Glock, and I needed a third hand. And um, you know, Smith and Wesson, I, I guess, wasn't quite as difficult for me the first time I ever took apart an M and P. But I think part of that just comes with becoming familiar and understanding how it works. And and I think that you know. It, we just didn't get enough time with the R51 to find out if that's, <laughs> that's really a problem. You know? I, was, I was getting ready to say that. Maybe it's because I only, practice. <laughs> I, I only cared to shoot it twice. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those powder burns on my uh, well, my hand <laughs> were discouraging. Yeah. Who knows? We can always ask Ian about it since he still got one, right? Yeah, well, I've still got one. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, Paul still got one. Got mine. Well, I think Ian has an now. original. Yes, he does. He has the original. It's true. Well, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Um, if not, if it comes out, well, stay tuned. We'll be on top of it, I guarantee you. <laughs> Get all your fun R51 stuff and, and Remington stuff here, folks. <laughs> we'll have it for you. But uh, we, I do, I hope, I really do hope. And, and I had the comment today, somebody said, you know, we laugh at Remington and all that, but we really hope that, and we do, we do we hope do. so. Yeah. Love to see. It, this thing were to come out and just be like the most reliable 380 ever, and I'm not a 380 fan, by gosh, I might just buy one just to help them out. Because, I mean, that's really, that's what it's all about, trying to get I'd it I'd offer right. up a trade, I think. Hey, I trade this for that. Yeah, give me two RM380 micros for one R51. It's based on weight. <laughs> <laughs> and and work a, it working <laughs> reliability anyway. yeah so anyway we'll see what happens with that um let's see here uh you know they had the milwaukee uh the guns uh shop verdict that came out uh recently i don't know if everybody's been following that uh joe you you've been following it pretty pretty closely hadn't you well yeah doc and uh there are i've seen some rhetoric in some circles about how this is uh verdict is bad for the gun shop industry uh and you know they're really upset about it but for people who don't know what occurred in this situation um there is a gun shop in Milwaukee um they have a terrible record with um BATFE violations, like in the hundreds, they have closed a number of times and reopened in the same location under another name. Um, many, many, many of the firearms that are purchased there uh, wind up being used in the commission of a crime. And to a certain extent, you know, working in a gun shop, you have no control over what somebody does with a firearm after they have legally, you know, if uh, legally met all the requirements for purchasing and they, and they leave the shop. Um, but that's the rub with this case is, was there, you know, illegalities involved in how they purchased the gun. And that was certainly proved, um, in a, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt to the jury in Milwaukee. And for those who don't know what happened, um, there was a straw purchase, um, a uh, Taurus handgun 
was purchased by someone for a 14 year old boy who later uh, was questioned by police out on the street. And I don't mean later, like later that day, but, uh, you know, sometime later. Uh, and they got in a scuffle and he wound up shooting these two police officers in the face. Fortunately, they both recovered. Um, it ended the career for one of the officers. The other officer is still on the job, but as he describes, he is daily in pain, has some range of motion um, uh, issues, uh, and the jury awarded them $5.73 million that the gun shop is going to have to pay. But here's what went down during the purchase. Um, The 14-year-old is actually the one who selected the gun. Um, the 14 year old gave the money to the, uh, older person who was buying it. And all of that was blatantly obvious on the videotape of the purchase. Um, now the store contends that the clerk did not see the 14 year old picking out the gun and did not see that money was transacted between um, the 14-year-old boy and the person who actually purchased it. But the the killer here is when the uh, person purchasing it got down to the first main question on the Form 4473, where it asks, are you the actual buyer of this handgun or of this firearm? He checked no, because he wasn't. And he was then told by the sales clerk, if you check um, no, I can't sell you, you know, we can't sell you the gun. And that is just wrong. Hmm. Um, That is negligent. It is absolutely incorrect. Um, In most shops around the country, they would simply take the form and the handgun put them behind the counter and say, I'm sorry, we cannot sell you this gun. Yeah, I mean, uh, at that point, well, well, let me ask you this, and I've never purchased a gun, per, you know, for somebody, uh, obviously no straw purchase, but as a gift or, and you see the form and it says, is this a gift or whatever? Is this for you? Is it for somebody else? I guess, is it a gift? What are you doing? So, you know, you coming from a gun store. What's the deal there? I mean, what? Well, it's, it's perfectly okay for you to buy a firearm to give to somebody who is legally yeah. able to own that firearm mm-hmm. and and that's up to you to know that mm-hmm. um and but when i say you i mean that's up for the the, the purchaser to know that we you know we have parents come in uh, and already they're looking at 22 rifles to buy for christmas sure uh we we can't sell many ammo but we're happy to sell them the rifle I take that back. We got 5,000 rounds of CCI standard velocity in today. So, um, but it is still tight. So the law allows for that. But, you know, we have a problem um, in this country with with people getting hold of firearms who shouldn't have them. Mm-hmm. Um, many times it's because they're mentally unstable. But it, it, it is up to us in the firearms, you know, retailing business to 
be one of the first lines of defenses in making sure that somebody doesn't uh, uh, get a gun who cannot have one. Mm-hmm. And I have turned down people before who step up to the counter and say things like, um, you know, I want to buy this gun for my brother. And I'll ask them, how old is your brother? And they go, oh, he's 17. Uh, and they're trying to buy a handgun. I say, I, I, you know, I cannot sell you a handgun for you to give to your brother. Right. Um, because he's underage. Um, I've had guys come up and say, now, is this going to be a problem? I have uh, uh, a restraining order out against me. <laughs> is this going to be a problem? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, so I see. I should just go out and come back in and not tell you that? No. You come back in the store. I'm not going to sell you the gun, and I'm going to make sure nobody else in here sells you a gun. All right. Because uh, no honest firearms retailer wants to see that there's a criminal shooting and the gun gets traced back to their shop. Right. Well, you don't want to see it regardless if it gets right. traced back or not. Right. Because that's just, you know, you want to do good. So. So this is a situation where Badger Gun Shop, or I think they've reopened already uh, as Brew City Guns, Mm. they're not helping our cause. They're not helping those of us who are in the firearms retailing business and trying to convince the public that we are, you know, following the law and that we're looking out for everybody's interests. They are not helping uh, those of us who belong to the NRA. They're not helping those of us who believe in the Second Amendment because they're doing things that are illegal and they make all the rest of us look bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it just it's fodder for the left to just jump all over it. And yeah. we get we get all, you know, put together in one big lump. You know, yes. it's not like, well, this particular group or this, you know, individual or whatever. It's you gun people, period, you know. Yeah. Second Amendment people, period. So, yeah, it's not helping. Not helping at all. Well, that's a sh- just a. So the verdict, what was the verdict? Uh, $5.73 million that they have to pay the two police officers. And they've already reopened under another name. And I, I don't understand that. How can they do that? I don't know. You know, you're talking about legalities that I don't have um, an answer to. Yeah. And, you know, when they when I say they have several hundred um, ATF violations, many of those can be um, very minor things yeah. that don't have anything. You know, they can be of an administration administrative uh, uh, error that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with guns going into the. Uh, the wrong hands. But as they pointed out during this trial, um, in the Milwaukee area, the next uh, shop that has the highest amount of uh, ATF violations has had 34. Mm. You know, so there's there's a big gap between number one and number two there. Very interesting. Well, you know, like you said, it's not helping. And I hate, hate the those two guys, the police officers were hurt by, oh gosh, really hate that. Oh, just, shot, shot in the face? Yeah, that's right. just. Uh, that's got to be terrible. Yeah. And, you know, if you were the family members and all of a sudden there's a uniformed police officer at the door saying, you know, very sorry to tell you, but your husband or, you know, your brother, your son has been shot in the head. Yeah. Um, 
it, it's a miracle that they're both still alive. Truly. And the amount of stress I'm sure that that caused the family and friends, of, 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 as well as the other police officers, uh, was just uh, uh, tremendous. Yeah. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. So, well, you know, and of course that's been in the news. And uh, the question, as you have pointed out, was, you know, what does this mean for everybody? What does this mean for other gun shops and gun stores and the like? So, um Again, we don't want to be lumped in the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, as you said, the entire industry will be painted with a broad brush. It already has, yeah. That that is not uh, at all indicative of what actually goes on out there. not at all. But, you know, this is is a big one. It was covered on all of the national news stations, um, and it's uh, – I hate to say it's a victory for, you know, the anti-gunners, the Brady campaign, uh, all all those other places, Michael Bloomberg, et cetera, Mm -hmm. because two police officers were were seriously injured. But to them, it will be held up as an example of um, what is wrong um, with the gun industry and and what is wrong with gun ownership and how there needs to be more stringent controls. True. Exactly, and, and really, it comes down to the same thing that uh, people have asked for again and again and again. That are inside the firearms community is hey, let's not make more laws. If you've got laws in the book, let's enforce those laws. And if you've got a gun shop that has hundreds of ATF infractions, then something needs to be taken care of. Yeah, and, the system broke down there. Yeah, um, and, uh, and I, I mean, think one, that it's, one one could argue um, this is uh, a result of. Um, lack of enforcement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and certainly I'm not a, a compliance expert when it comes to you know ATF regulations. But what I do know is is that if you work at a gun shop, if you own a gun shop, if you're associated with a gun shop, there are plenty of resources out there. Uh, in general, the ATF wants to work with you to help you mm-hmm. be able to comply with the laws that are on the book. Yeah, and be on and the so up seek and up. Those, yeah, right. seek those those resources out so that. Uh, you can run a legitimate business. And, yeah. you know, if someone's not legitimate, they should be shut down. Absolutely. Because we don't want that. We we don't want it. As, you know, straight up people, yeah. we don't want it. So whew, I hate to see, see that that was the case, you know, that those guys got hurt like that. That's just unreal. But uh, and, 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 and it's, it is shocking that they're back in business. I mean, that's so is yeah. the system breaking down again. I mean, I don't know. I just uh well, it would you know this is modus operandi for them because this is I think like the fourth time they have gone out of business and reopened under a different name. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, what would happen is as soon as they realize that this lawsuit is possibly going to go south on them, right. um, uh, most companies would immediately declare bankruptcy. Uh, and you know, try to indicate that um, there are no assets to go after. I see. Maybe that's part of it then. Well, but when they open up under another name and everybody knows it's them, um, it just seems to me that there's something you know wrong. Uh, yeah. Either somebody's not paying attention, or there is a loophole that's being exploited um, that needs to be under control. Yeah, and you know. Um... I'll say for folks that are looking to purchase, why would you want to go to buy from them at this point? Yeah. 
I mean, I would avoid that thing like the plague. Uh, well, if you can't legally buy a gun, that might be the place you go. That's true. They've already advertised for that. Yeah. So to speak. So anyway, wow. Well, we'll, we'll follow that and just see what happens. I mean, you know, coming up, what, what happens there? I'm curious to find out how it goes further with that. So Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll check that out. Um, now, Paul, you, you've got... Uh, you, you're going to be shooting some steel coming up, right? Clang, clang, clang. Yeah, I like the noise. Yeah, yeah no doubt about it. I've it's got a... Like uh, steel. Got a trailer full of steel, and I'll be heading out to the range tomorrow. Got a... Gosh, I think a dozen students in class tomorrow and Sunday. Um, so we'll be uh, shooting some paper, shooting some steel. Uh, I've got some some stuff out from Action Target, and I'm really looking forward to uh, to running students through some some good drills with some good quality steel. It's fun to shoot. What uh, what type of targets are they? I mean, I know they're steel, but yeah, um, there's a, a whole line of targets from Action Target called the PT line. And so mm-hmm. I've got a, uh, a PT tactical torso and the PT tactical torso has, uh, you know, just a, um, basic humanoid torso shape that you'd see, you know, lots of cardboard targets similar to a right. USPSA or an IPSC target or excuse me, a USPSA or an IDPA target. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also has in that same torso, a couple of cutouts, so there's a high center chest cutout and there is a, a head cutout and it's got flappers. So you can shoot the whole torso or you can shoot a more precision shot and shoot through that that flapper area, that open area, and uh, get indication of, of hitting a, a vitals hit, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of the other targets we've got is a uh, PT hostage target. So this is, a, again, a torso and it's got a... a a lollipop, I guess I'll call it, of steel that rotates back and forth from one side of the head to the other. And so uh, it's, a, it's a moving piece of steel, and it would symbolize needing to make that hostage rescue type shot. Again, just another precision shot mm-hmm. um, that would need to be made. And so I'm, I'm looking forward. These are, I mean, really well-made targets. Uh, the stands that they come on, full steel top to bottom, um, the hardware is uh, top-notch, easy to use. And so I'm just, I'm really looking forward to to uh, seeing students' reactions when they get to shoot steel. Some of these folks will be out to the range shooting steel for the first time ever, and that's always a blast. You, you guys, know what? That, that is not too uncommon either, that folks right. have not done it. Right. That's what shocks me because, yeah. you know, of course, I came up not shooting paper but other things. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, we were shooting golf balls. We were shooting, you know, wood. We were shooting, and, and you get to see you get to see something happen and yeah. hear, hear something you know, the feedback uh, of, yeah. of shooting something other than paper is really kind of nice. And and even some of the, the paper targets these days, you know, the shoot and see stuff, yeah. those kinds of things. I mean, those are those are cool targets to shoot. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, my my first formal class that I ever took had a whole bunch of steel in it. Mm-hmm. And I, I would bet that it's part of the reason why I got so into firearms is because the steel was so much fun to shoot. Mm hmm. So much fun. And so I'm looking forward to uh, introducing a bunch of new folks to that tomorrow. That'll be good. Now, yeah. let me ask you, Do you is it often that uh, instructors, and, and when you go to uh, like academies or uh, schools that teach, you know, like you do, 
that there wouldn't be as much steel or no steel or mostly paper or it really depends doc on the on the situation and what you're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. and you know dealing with steel dealing with paper they they both have their advantages and disadvantages and one of the biggest disadvantages of steel is size and weight you know it's not portable um and so, you know, if I was, uh, you know, flying out to uh, Arizona to teach a course, I'm certainly not going to be lugging steel yeah, along with me. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't, I can't throw that in my check luggage or carry it on. You know, and uh, <laughs> be heck so, to ship too. Yeah, right. Exactly. So the the challenge comes in if you know I have a curriculum that's dedicated around steel, mm-hmm. and I don't have a dedicated place that I teach that curriculum. Well, now I've got a problem. Right. So, and I'm I'm just you know in a situation where I'm able to transition between between the two, and and I have a fabulous facility that I'm allowed to train at, and you know I'm going to be able to have steel there and and have a place to put it, and it's uh it's going to be it's going to be easy for me to be able to make that happen. Right. And so that'll be one of the cool things about you know the training I'll be able to offer in Garrettsville, Ohio, is just it'll be steel. It'll have the potential to be steel intensive. Should I choose it to be so? Because it's just easy to do. It's a lot of fun. That is yeah. for sure. Yeah, you okay. hit it, man, and you hear that feedback, and yeah, it's a trip. <laughs> yep. Yep. I love that stuff. And I've never shot the one where the uh, the heads the swing back and forth uh, mm-hmm. the hostage. I don't uh, use it all the time when right. I use those targets. You know, I can just take that lollipop and just remove it. Sure. And and now we've just got a torso that we're dealing with. And that's how I will use that target the majority of the time because that's the high percentage shot that someone would need to make in a defensive situation is right. a high center chest shot. But um, when we want things to be a little bit more interesting, we drop that lollipop in there and have a good old time. And what I like to do is I like to have two students shooting on that same target. So imagine that you've got uh, just two students on the range. We'll make it really simple. You've got one steel target. And then on each side, you've got a paper target that's mm-hmm. just slightly forward of the steel targets. Well, now, with two students shooting, that lollipop that was on the left-hand side, by the time you get to it, could be on the right-hand side. Right, right. Now, you've got to be making the adjustment and, and changing what it is that you do based on the reaction of the target. So it just adds another level, and I really like that. That is awesome. I know when when I was coming up shooting, we, like I said, would shoot basically anything we could get our hands on, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was worthy of being shot, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we, we ended up getting some steel, uh, you know, quarter inch and then uh, got some that was half inch and ended up making some targets out of it. Put them on hinges, and when you shoot them, you get to see exactly what's happening. I mean, not just the sound. Well, you know, the sound's a big tell because, like, you shoot it with a twenty two versus, like, a, a 9 millimeter. Right. That's a huge difference in, in, in that feedback. And then... uh you get to see it swing a little bit more, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Then you step it up to like the forty-four magnum. I remember we'd shoot them like that, and they just knock them all over the place. You know, it gives you a real opportunity to say, "Wow, this thing does do more than just make holes in paper." So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to do that. Uh, let us know how they uh, enjoy it for the first time. You know, the ones that have never shot it before. Yeah, I'll, I've got the uh, the camera and the the camcorder will be out, and we'll be shooting some video while we're shooting the steel, and it'll be a good time. So that'd be good because I know I go to the gun range, and you know I remember the the indoor range, and and it's like paper. You mm-hmm. know, now for my job, I shoot uh, you know panels uh, from time to time to do screening. 
mm-hmm. on ballistic panels and all. Now that's fun. I mean, for me, it's like it's one of those things where you're like, okay, what does it do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's my job to find out what it does and and did we do what we needed to to stop the threat or, you know, that kind of thing. So it's somewhat reactionary due to the fact that um, it either went through or didn't go through or just well, demolished you've got a, it. A purpose, you know, an yeah, purpose, and that's yeah. that's kind of fun. It is fun, and uh, but. You know, it's more so than – obviously, shooting paper is fun, too. It's just that uh, you don't get to see that feedback like you're saying, and mm-hmm. uh, it's exciting. So that's cool. Let us know because yeah, I, I just take it for advantage, you know, the fact that I've always shot stuff like that. Right, you know? right. Well, have you guys had the chance to shoot other stuff other than paper and steel? Yeah. Um, years ago when I was – Perennially, per, years ago when I was consistently taking a, a tactical <laughs> class, um, we would from time to time shoot a, and I don't, I'm going to blow this, uh, but you know, the, the title of it, but I'll just describe it. It's a life-size humanoid dummy. Mm. Uh, and did it have a name? No, it, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Paul. We I, called I, I, ours Doc. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, some of those were called the Bob, um, the kind of an ugly guy with a scowl on his face, and it was pretty good self-healing target, unless you shot it with yes. a big old hollow point. The Bob yes. was pretty good. It, it was it was self-healing, and uh, um, we would put old T-shirts and, sure. and you know, flannel shirts over it, and the it, it wasn't all that fun to shoot because there was no you know, noise, there was no instant feedback. And in fact, you're shooting it and you couldn't tell where your bullets are going. Mm-hmm. And that, that was, you know, part of the uh, training exercise was that you're not going to see an instant reaction uh, a lot of times if you are shooting somebody. Mm-hmm. They're still going to be standing. You won't be able to, you know, there's not going to be blood spurting out. No, it's not uh, like the movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If if they're wearing dark clothing, you might not even see any blood seeping out. So it was it was kind of reinfor- reinforcing that you've got to fire until um, the assailant is no longer a threat. Yeah. Did you guys see that uh, video of the guy ramming his car into a group of people and then hopping out with a butcher's knife and, and chopping yeah, folks up from over, no, over in Israel? That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, that video illustrates exactly what it is that you're talking about there, Joe, in, in the sense that, you know, there's a, an armed individual there that starts to put rounds on the bad guy. And yet you don't really see a reaction other than the bad guy, you know, moving and circling, trying to get away from the armed individual. And, you know, it's as you said, um, it's it's not like one round puts him straight down onto the ground. And in yeah, fact, not this a guy death down, rate, right. Yeah, this guy yeah. went down to the ground and, and laid there for a fraction of a second and then continued to try and harm the individual yeah. that was there. Yeah. And so um, knowing where your rounds are going. Uh, is an important skill. And so shooting something like that, Bob, and then being able to take the time afterwards and, and look at the, the T-shirt that you put on there and look at the entrance wound and or the entrance hole, I should say, and the exit hole. And then thinking about, and this is where the Bob comes in really, really handily. You know, remember, human beings, animals, were three-dimensional things. And shooting at the center of the chest is 
only a great spot to shoot if that's a spot that's going to put a bullet through the vital organs as it passes through the the body. Mm -hmm. And if I'm standing at 90 degrees to you and you shoot me in the center of the chest, what's going to happen is you're going to, you know, tear out part of my pectoral muscle and nothing. You know, you're not going to hit a vital organ. Um, if I'm, you know, turned 45 degrees away, the center of the chest now puts the bullet through something else. Mm -hmm. um, if you're a deer hunter, you know, and you practice on the ground all the time with your bow, and then you climb up into a tree stand and you aim at the same spot, you're going to shoot the deer through the brisket and not not uh, put the deer down, at yep. least not immediately. That's and a so, good point. That's a yeah, real good point. Thanks, Doc. Hey, I knew I kept <laughs> you around for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it, it is true because uh, you don't think about that. You think center of mass, you just poop, you go for it, you know, yeah. and uh, that's well, that's a that's a good point. See, what you just said there, Doc, is, you know, the center of the mass, if you think about the center of the mass of the upper chest, it, it, then that starts to work as you move around 360 degrees, right? Right. But if we think center of the chest, mm -hmm. well, that doesn't work because right. to go through the center of the mass, if, if I'm standing 90 degrees, might be to shoot right through the bicep or if the arms are extended underneath the armpit, and that might be the place to hit. So, Sure. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's a good point. Very good point. And, and the other thing I thought was interesting about that video you referenced over in, in Israel, if I remember it correctly, when the armed citizen comes up uh, and begins shooting, he fires the first one, and there's a discernible pause, like he was waiting for the guy to go down. Uh -huh. uh, and then he realizes he's got to shoot some more, if if I am remembering it correctly. But it's it's a good one for people to take a look at um, because many people have never seen an actual shooting, mm. um, you know. Yes. It dispels a myth. Yeah. In the effect that, okay, if you, if you recall the, uh, Ferguson shooting and everybody said, well, why did you have to shoot? You know, he shot like so many times. Why not once? I had a guy ask me that. Why not once? I said, okay, <laughs> what do you think the bullet does? Right. I mean, what if he missed? I mean... If the guy didn't go down, he doesn't know if he missed him or if he hit him or what. You know, he has no clue. And, uh, you know, he's like, well, you know, I said, so what's the right number? You tell me what the right number is. I mean, one, two, five, ten, what? I said, the right number is until he stops. That's the right number. And you don't know what that's going to be. So anybody can come up after the fact and say, gosh, he shot him ten times. Yeah, but what if he didn't go down? <laughs> you know? Uh, I think Mass at one point says, hey, man, you know, if, if they're coming, you shoot to lock back. I mean. Yeah, if you need to. If you've got to do it, yeah. I mean, and, the, and, the whole point is to, to survive yourself. Yeah. And and that's, that's you know, and people people don't understand that. They see TV programs and movies like you guys are talking about where they're shot and they go backwards. Yeah. You know, especially the shotgun shots. The guys go, that knocks them off their feet. They go backwards. Uh, even sometimes with handguns, you see that. But uh, no, it's it, it, as a matter of fact. I even uh, had watched originally wasn't going to, but had saw had seen some of the one where uh, in Virginia, yeah, and uh, where the guy was at point blank range and was shooting at them. And um, I, I didn't watch all of it. I just I couldn't stand it. But uh, to see the beginning of it when he shot first and. You know, it, it's just like they're they're still trying to get. She's trying to get away. You know, and and you're thinking, well, did he miss? I mean, that's I hate to say it that way because it's not. But it 
that's the point is it's not what you think it is sometimes it's just not so uh but that that's a good point uh you know uh about, especially about what you're saying paul about turning uh, and where, where you're shooting at because it does change things up well, it's one of the cool things about, you know, getting the chance to work with different types of targets. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, going to the range and doing what it is that you do every other time you go to the range might not be the best practice for you. Right. Doing what it is that you're good at might not be the best practice for you. And, right. and getting some experience on realistic um, targets, realistic drills, it probably does make some sense. Y'all ever shoot anything for fun? Just un- like non-ordinary kind of things i've got some favorites yeah no doubt about it tell me about it you mentioned golf balls golf balls are fun they are fun but i really like paintballs paintballs yeah because they pop and you get all that stuff going everywhere right so i I like to take and uh staple up you know a piece of cardboard on a couple of sticks like i would if i was putting a normal target up and then use golf tees Mm mm-hmm (laughs) <laughs> on the top of the corrugated cardboard, right? right? So that cardboard's got those waves in there. You slide the golf tee down and set that paintball right on top of there. And then if you're plinking with a 22 or whatever, good time. Fun to fun to shoot those. <laughs> I've shot everything before. And I'll tell you, this is another good way to, and I mentioned this before, to see actually what each type of round does. Uh, you, you can do that, of course, with your, with your rifles and shotguns as well. But... Um, to put things out there to to see the difference, like uh, uh, found this old electric uh, motor before, and mm-hmm. uh, you know it's got all that copper in it, and it was just sitting out there. And when you'd shoot it, you could hear it hit, you know. And so we would shoot it with twenty two some, and then uh, we'd step it up, and then all of a sudden we bring out the forty four and shoot it. And once it hit that the, the copper, you know the the winding that's in there. It just it took that stuff and tore it to pieces. But, I mean, it kind of gives you an idea as to different power levels. And it, you, you think, like, uh, you know, 44 is so powerful. So it kind of gives you an idea. It's like uh, you could see where you'd want a bigger animal, you know, that you'd use that for and not for personal defense. I mean, it gives you an idea as to how much damage it really does do. But it's it, it it it's the trade off of that all that report and recoil and, right. and and everything else that you've got going along with it. But yeah, golf balls. I love to shoot. We yeah. used to take a golf ball and set it out. Uh, we'd normally put it up like on a uh, uh, like a piece of timber. We had a, a wood backstop. It's fairly high, so you know. And you, what we do is we would take a twenty uh, twos and we'd shoot that golf or shoot at the golf ball, and. <laughs> You know, at at ten yards, it's not that not too hard to hit it. You know, with with twenty twos, and um, so you'd hit it, and we we count score of how many we would have, and then when the person would miss it, the next guy would go, and then they'd shoot it, and you keep score uh, how many times, and then keep doing that back and forth till you stop or run out of ammo. That was fun, but when you shoot a golf ball, boy, they take off. Yeah, <laughs> they pew <laughs> those things. It's a lot of fun to shoot those. A ton of fun to shoot that stuff. Yeah, joke. Yeah, not the only thing um, I shoot that's a little bit out of the ordinary. As I as I pay off a credit card, I tape the credit card to a target. <laughs> that uh, is funny. Uh, so rather than rather than you know cutting it up, I I put a few uh, well placed uh, holes. Nice. In it. <laughs> Sounds like a perfect use for a forty four. Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> Or a flamethrower. <laughs> well, I, you know, I've taken stuff like old laptops before. Right. 
shoot them with like just you know carry guns like nine millimeter, forty five, thirty fifty seven Magnum, and it's amazing what it does to those things. And you, you, you be you also learn what's on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> well, MythBusters did an episode on that because there was the. Uh, Oh, I think it was, what was the first movie I ever saw it in? Under Under Siege Part 2, Steven mm. Seagal. Right. Um, and he, there's a guy who got a computer program and there's a satellite up there that's going to blow up the earth or, or, you know, something along those lines. And they can't figure out a way to stop it. So S- Steven Seagal puts a forty five bullet through the computer Um and, uh, you know, so then the question became, would the laptop really keep you from, from being shot if you were holding a laptop? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yes, that's true. I hadn't thought about that. You know, and I get a lot of calls like that sometimes. People got a great idea. You know, these kids in schools, we take book bags and we can put Kevlar in them. And the kids can duck behind the book bags, you know, when they're being shot at. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and and there there are some out there like that, you know. It's like yeah. it's like that infamous ball cap. <laughs> you yeah, know, the ball cap. Me to it, Doc. I was, yeah, I was, you know, <laughs> I was thinking of that one. <laughs> because it. I mean, you know, first off, you'd have to have so many layers in there, and secondly, well, I won't get into it. I get hate mail when that <laughs> talk about because people are very, you know, I guess really involved with that and trying to figure something out as far as that goes but well, uh, it's good that they're trying to figure it i think out. so too and, you i think know, you can't blame anybody for doing that no it's got to be realistic about yeah, it. yeah that's right but um some of the other things i like trees <laughs> <laughs> you know you see you see on tv like and they did this on MythBusters too jeff uh where they took uh like a ge minigun or an arrow or something mm-hmm. like that and they went out and they chopped trees down you know with yeah. uh, fully automatic weapons now you can do it obviously with with uh, with regular handguns and rifles, shotguns as well. Uh, I'm talking about more towards the sapling side. I don't I don't want to take you know ten years to shoot a tree down, uh, but it it will do it. Uh, it will by gosh do it. You know a small enough tree. Um, so we've done that plenty of times, shooting branches and things like that. It would depend on where we're at. You always got to know where that thing's going to end up. Uh, yeah, I think that's a really good point. You know, yeah. when you start uh, thinking about golf balls and things like that, especially when they're on the ground, paintballs or anything else, you know, you have to think about the path that bullet's going to take after it strikes the ground. Right, exactly. And it, it may not be where you want it to go. And so always think about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing I'll throw out there, just since we're kind of talking about the downsides of, of shooting stuff other than standard targets is, don't forget that wherever you're at, whether it's your, your public range, I guess if it's your yard, it's your yard or your, your property, but um, clean up. If you're out on public oh, yes. land, yeah. you know, you start shooting up those computers or, or whatever it is, <laughs> it can make a heck of a mess. And nobody wants to you know, wait around on a range in your old television tube glass. Um, so you know, if you're going to do that kind of stuff, have fun and be responsible about it. Clean yeah, up. absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, it is a lot of fun to do that. But uh, well, let us know how the um, how the folks uh, like you say, Paul, ones that hadn't done it, how they enjoy it. Yeah, it'll be good, and yeah, it's uh, it'll be it'll be good. I want to really put these targets through some some uh, paces too, and give action some feedback on on what it is that they've got because they've got some nice targets and and some good ideas, and I think there are some ways that uh, might be able to to uh, give them some feedback and and keep their products developing. Cool, so, very yeah. good. 
Well, let's talk hardware here. Uh, Average Joe, you have recently shot a long slide. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, Doc, it's the FNS 9mm long slide. And as always, we invite uh, everybody to go over to Average Joe's handgunreviews.blogspot.com so that you can see the photos that uh, I will be describing. Um, you know, for people who don't know much about FN, uh, which stands for Fabrique Nationale of Herstal, Belgium, they've been uh, in business manufacturing firearms since 1889 um, when they first produced 150,000 Mauser Model 89 rifles for the Belgian uh, government. And over the next 20 years or so, they collaborated with uh, John Moses Browning to produce various versions of his legendary designs for the European market. They are also saddled with the unfortunate distinction of having produced weapons for both sides during World War II. Um, obviously, they began by producing uh, firearms for the Allies, and then once uh, the German army overran Belgium, they were producing guns for Hitler's forces. The um, subject of this review, the FNS-9 long slide, is uh, chambered, of course, in 9 by 19 millimeter. Um, in my subjective opinion, and, and you know, this is where we want you to look at the pistols or the pictures, it's a very handsome pistol. It's got sleek lines running across the slide, and it's got front and rear cocking ser serrations that intersect those lines in a very attractive diagonal pattern. The only thing that could possibly make this pistol more attractive is uh, if it was made of uh, aluminum or metal with some nicely figured wooden grips instead of uh, polymer. But even without these enhancements, um, the pistol fit my hand very well, and it felt like it was a natural extension of my hand and arm. Now, the FNS-9 long slide comes with three 17-round magazines, making it both a great competition and home defense uh, uh, handguns. Uh, the dimensions, it's uh, 8.2 inches in overall, or 8.25 inches in overall length. Uh, the height is 5.5 inches, and uh, it has a width of 1.35 inches at the top of the slide, um, with a, a width of 1.5 inches at the bottom of the uh, grip. Um, so great for home defense and competition. Um, concealed carry would not be impossible, but uh, a tad bit impractical. Uh, it is a striker fire double action pistol. Um, it has really good three-dot white uh, uh, sights. And I'm usually not a fan of the three-dot white sights. But I must say the pistol sights on, on this are the most utilitarian I've ever worked with in terms of the three white dot variety. Um, the rear sight is spaciously cut, allowing the shooter to quickly and, and very easily be able to pick up the, the white dot on the front sight. And the rear sight is also uh, serrated for anti-glare purposes. Um, the barrel is a five-inch uh, stainless steel cold forge hammered um, barrel and the pistol itself uh, comes in at 26.5 ounces. Um, my specimen had a 7.2 um, pound trigger pull with minimal creep and a fairly crisp let off. Now um, I'm not going to go into it but like most um, 
modern striker fired pistols there is no what i would call active safety or manual safety but there are poor for what i would refer to as passive safeties um already integrated into the pistol now um i i purchased this uh pistol from a guy who'd won it in uh, a competition and his comment to me was boy there are a lot of championships to be won with this pistol. And I thought this was odd um, for him to call me boy because I've got about 20 years on him. <laughs> uh, and he didn't specify what kind of championships. And I can tell you that um, the championship will likely not be a bullseye competition. Um, I was not, uh, I, I got to tell you, I, I was not overwhelmed with the accuracy of this uh, pistol uh, whatsoever. Truthfully, it would be fine for an action shooting um, competition where you're shooting at a humanoid-sized target, but the accuracy is not on par with my Glock 19, which I kind of consider to be the uh, standard of uh, what what a decent accuracy should be. And if you look at the targets, you will see... Uh, that I shot it at 21 uh, feet um, all the way out to 40 feet, um, decided not to shoot it any further because I knew I wasn't going to be happy with the uh, um, results. And if you scroll down below the targets uh, on the blog site, you'll see a photo of the muzzle of the gun, and there's a lot of uh, blank space uh, between the muzzle and the slide. There's a lot of open real estate there. And I don't know if that's the reason for the um, uh, accuracy uh, that I was getting and uh, if perhaps a tighter slide-to-barrel fit would have uh, improved the accuracy. But um, overall, uh, I can't. It's, it's not a bad pistol but just not one that I was happy with. I expected more out of it. Well, and what was the price on it again? Oh, God, I don't know. I bought oh, it six you... months ago. <laughs> it wasn't cheap, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, but it was, <laughs> you know, it was being sold secondhand. It had never been fired, so right, right, it, was, right, right. it was new in the box. So gotcha. I think it was around 600 In fact, I think that's what I paid for. Well, that's not too bad. Well, I, I had... Um... Well, first off, long slide, like you say, there's there's so much so much you can kind of do with that. Uh, I, I've had long slides. I've actually had one in 1911, which we talking about a heavy gun. Whew. Um, they're good fun, you know. Concealability is an issue, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, depending on what caliber it is, if it's like a 10 millimeter or something, it makes sense. So you can go hunting with it. But uh, have you, uh, Paul? You ever shot any long slide? Yeah, you know, I've tinkered with long slides. I don't know if you throw the Glock 34 into that category. Um, Glock 17L obviously is uh, is a long slide gun, and those are both fun to shoot. Yeah, the increased sight radius is is certainly a boom when it comes to trying to make those precision shots. Mm-hmm. And so it's really interesting that Randy points out that here in a long slide gun, one of the places that it didn't shine was in was inaccuracy accuracy, I know. and being able to make that precision <laughs> shot. So um, that's kind of a little bit of a disappointment. Um, I think that, you know, the length of the slide is, is probably less important 
for the actual shooting of a gun, except in very narrow circumstances, um, as it is in you know adding some mass to the gun, which yeah. has its pros and cons, and also depending on the situation, um, ease of carry. You know, sometimes a longer slide is more comfortable to carry. Mm-hmm. But again, this is not a this is not designed to be a concealed carry gun. No, so no. it's it's really you know uh, this is a, this is a competition gun. I think is probably most how this is uh marketed is that is that true Randy? yes yes um, as you say m- more action competition than anything yeah right w- what do you think about the uh photo there at the end with the the gap between the slide and the barrel do you think that might be uh part I actually, of the problem i actually just clicked uh clicked off excuse me clicked off and i'm on another review looking for some slides right now so let me head back there joe and and see uh, what it is. And, and definitely, let's never forget that when we've got the um, the barrel and the slide, if they're not together, I mean, if they don't match up in the same spot each time, it's not going to shoot to the same point. I mean, it's no. that relationship that's the, the difference. And now my page is freezing up. So all I get is the, the beautiful picture of the blue background, and then I've got nothing below that. I can't scroll down. Let me refresh and see what I can make happen here. And I, I looked at the other FNs we have in the shop, and mm-hmm. none of the slide-to-barrel fits were tight. They were all a little loose, but none of them have the gap that you see in this photo. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, that's interesting. Of course, that's not the only place that a barrel and a slide lock up together. But, you know, it's, it's fairly clear to me that if the barrel doesn't return to the same spot, in the slide each and every time that it's not going to shoot to the same point each and every time. And that's where we start to get inaccuracy problems. That is a huge difference though. Holy Look, cow. Looks like an eyebrow. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or wow. a, a bad toupee. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's amazing. I've never seen one that bad. Woo. But again, like you say, I mean, if it, if it lines up the same way every time, I don't know. That's a good question. I tell you what, though, you're right in the fact that it does look like a nice. It looks nice. Yeah, that's a very attractive gun. And uh, but the the accuracy, like like I said, uh, my Glock Model 19 is more accurate than this pistol. Uh, and I've had a 17L before, and the 17L would shoot rings around this. Yeah, I would expect it to. Um, you know, the 17L is a proven platform, and and uh, I, I would not be surprised by that at all. Well, that's a shame. That's an absolute shame that, that, that what it would be good for is not what it's good for. So. Yeah, I still can't get back to those pictures, Joe. I, um, I'm hanging up uh, right where it says an overall length of 8.25 inches, and hmm. I've tried to refresh. I'm having some computer problems, so I can't see it. Well, that's interesting. You just have to take our word for it. I, I believe yeah. you. I trust you. <laughs> I trust you. When you finally get back there, you can click on the picture, the photo, and it will enlarge. Okay. Um, and so you'll get a really good uh, view of what it is. You know, last year at uh, the NRA show, FN was one of the folks that I wanted to stop and spend some time with. and. You know, I went to the booth, and, and it was pretty empty at the time that I was there. There was uh, plenty of folks there to interact with, and I, I couldn't get anybody to interact with me. <laughs> so I had questions, and uh, I, I went over and tried to be the polite guy and wait for somebody to help out. And 
Um, there were a lot of employee to employee conversations going on. And so I did not learn about FN that day, hmm. which is uh, always kind of a bummer. Yeah. That's what that show is all about. And so it's it's one of the guns that's on my list to to learn a little bit more about. I will say, however, though, it's not as high on the list as some others. You know, I definitely want to spend a bunch more time with the SIG P320 um, with the HKVP9 before I would worry about yeah the RM any, any of 380 the yeah RM380 Remington Micro 380 it's on my long slide I want to create <laughs> long slide yeah you want one of those in long slide <laughs> hey maybe they'll make the R51 in long slide maybe yeah <laughs> maybe some extra slide mass would allow it to stay in it battery. could be you never know. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, that was a good review. And, hey, you didn't like it. I mean, not like some other shows where everything's great. This You get it straight from the horse's mouth here. Not that not that Joe's a horse. Yes. <laughs> Long, awkward but, silence. Yeah. Ooh, I'll take that I, I, out. I would be interested, um, you know, if there are other people out there that have one and their shoots, you know, more accurately, I would be interested to know what the uh, – barrel to slide gap is on theirs because uh, i had one of these years ago mm-hmm. in four inch and it was a very admirable performer yeah that's maybe if it wasn't a long slide it'd be, it'd be better <laughs> i mean really wow I, i've never seen one that that bad though i can't say let me look i've got a few guns here let me look at them see if any of mine have the uh nope <laughs> Everything looks pretty good there, so I don't know. Well, when you think about a 1911, uh, I mean, there's, you know, you're, you're looking at a five-inch barrel there, and you're looking at extremely tight um, uh, tolerances on that barrel to slide. Yes, fit. yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at a, a Glock 17 right now, and, and, you know, it certainly is not a precision fit. Um, however, it ain't that <laughs> there's no movement, yeah. um, between that barrel and the slide. If I, if I hold that slide down and grab onto that barrel and, and push, uh, it's, it's not moving. Um, and, and you're saying that there was movement between the barrel and the slide. Is that right, Joe? Yes. When yeah. the, when it was, um, you know, in its fully closed, yep. uh, position. That doesn't sound good. You know, I wonder. I wonder what FN might have to say about that. I wonder um, if maybe uh, there's some kind of a fit issue, uh, a barrel that was out of tolerance, a, a slide that uh, came loose in a jig and got an oblong hole or something crazy. Yeah, it looks like some, there's little little oops there. Um, yeah, the the um, hole in the slide is more. Well, it's not even oval. Um, but it's it's not a, a completely round circle. Hmm. When you go to, to when you go to shot uh, uh, next year, maybe you can talk to them at the FN booth about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe they'll speak to me then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll be important enough. Oh, you're important to us, Paul. Oh, thanks, Doc. You hey. guys are important to me too. <laughs> Nothing but love. Love. <laughs> All right, it's getting thick now, so <laughs> I guess we'll close it up tonight. Uh, so, you know, uh, it's a good show. Uh, sorry it took a while to get one out again, but uh, we're back. Yay. Yay. Trying to keep it together. And uh, uh, you guys uh, appreciate your contribution as always. Uh, let's see here. Uh, 
Paul, you've got what you got coming up. You've said you, you're going to shoot some steel tomorrow. Yeah, shooting steel tomorrow. I've got a whole bunch of classes this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, seems to be a time when folks are really starting to try and pack things in before it gets nasty up here. Right. So I have got several uh, weekday classes coming up. Um, so it's just a it's just a good busy time, which is which is great. Uh, right. Doing some writing, doing a bunch of video work. So just lots of fun, enjoying the fall colors, and uh, yeah, you know, just uh, living the dream. Right, and then of course Joe's book's coming out. We'll mention again that we'll we'll post up a link to that. Uh, um, I actually cooked one up. I Did when you? Joe was talking, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I jumped on the old Amazon's and uh, found that the book is available for pre-sale. Oh yeah. And so if folks are interested, if they just go to ssa.training slash average Joe, um, it'll take you right to that Amazon page where you can pre-order your workplace safety book. From now, how did average Joe manage to get a link on your site? Well, I have this cool thing <laughs> called Pretty Link. And uh, so I shot uh, average Joe a message and said, hey, you know, that's for pre-sale. You want me to cook up a link? And he said, well, sure. And so I did that because awesome. I think that's pretty cool that he's got a book out. That is, that man. I'd that love is. to have some sales before that book's even available. That'd be cool. Yeah. So well, jump over and grab it. Yeah. Absolutely. Jump right over there and grab it. And look, you know, um, if you don't own a uh, company or not involved with management or whatever, get it to your manager too. Hey, right? Yes. Good you know, idea. it's a that's a really good idea, Doc. You know, you got you got the holidays coming up. You got all this uh, um, gift giving going on. Man, what a great book to hand to your superior and say, "Hey, you know, just looking out for you. Help us out." Yeah, read this and learn. Yeah, I like it. Very good and and nice picture on the front. I assume that was a uh, stock photo. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and the and the title "Workplace Safety" was chosen by the publishing company as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not exactly we, we had originally called the book "Not Here." Yes, to give it a uh, give it a little twist, and workplace safety is pretty much mm-hmm. vanilla uh, compared yeah. to your, you know, moose tracks or <laughs> you know. I'm getting hungry. I am too. <laughs> yeah, Grant's not here, so I hadn't had a sandwich tonight. <laughs> well, guys, look, uh, appreciate it. Uh, y'all have a good uh, week. We'll catch up with you next time. Hey, thanks All for right. having us, Doc. Yep. That will do it for this episode of The Gun Nation. Thanks for listening to the program. Please pay a visit to our webpage at gunnation.us for all things Gun Nation. We'll make sure to put a link for uh, Joe's book up there as well. And until the next episode, remember, we want you to stay armed and stay polite. Catch you next time. In the shallow end, cause I never quite learned how to swim. I just didn't want to.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.